Household name to them I failed I'm not as marketable as a slim white male But as long as I'm not too broke to eat organic groceries I'm okay not being where critics think I'm supposed to be Rappers fall off retire, leave the game with no room to grow Other talents will always allow me to do a show Vocal kick and snare boss, keep beard gray if I'm near ball Cut my hair off, nobody sign me, they're lost Why sell my soul if I'm giving bacon bits? Why sacrifice integrity for intent to make a hit? Why sign a contract with a factoid? Harness could end up searching for God like a bad boy artist Told him too old to be for real hungry But could be still bummy, feel crummy With record deal money I know my appeal's jumping Why show fear and rush? Told him make hope is only place I'm going for Is this music? It's a music education podcast that explores artistic experimentation, sounds, and rabbit holes I'm your host Justin Let's get your ears weird So my guest this episode is Carnage the Executioner Or Terrell Woods If he's not on stage and you're talking over a Zoom screen, such as our experience. And it's a big conversation. It's a two-parter. My first two-parter. I'm growing. Good job, Justin. Yay! Second half is coming up uh, soon, as soon as I can. In the next few days. So keep an eye out for that. For the music half of the chat. The uh, Sorry, the, the featured music half of the chat. Do you want to say there was some age-old Zoom issues in this one? The good old broadband or, or something? I know I'm, this is kind of drawing attention to it, but but whatever. So if a sentence or two is glitchy, it's not your phone or listening device. It's the glitch. So use your sleuthing skills. I'm sure you'll be able to follow the conversation just fine. Nothing really crumbles. But it's present, and I felt like uh, like telling you that. For a reason, because I did not know how to fix it. So this is a shameless plug. That if you like this podcast and want to help out in some way, hit me up. Increase the quality. Let's do it together. It'll be fun. Do you want to make sure, before we, uh, before I get into the self-coveted intro monologue, to plug Carnage's next show. It's coming up this Saturday, April 1st at the Hook and Ladder Theater in Minneapolis. Um, it's uh, The Return of the Show Stealer, which is a, a revisiting of a live album that he put out, I think, about five years ago. Live performance album, video recording event, so this will be another live album that will come to fruition from this show. It uh, starts at 7.30, Saturday, April 1st, Hook and Ladder Theater in Lounge, Minneapolis, 7.30 p.m., $10 in advance, $15 at the door, 21 plus. That's an important little note there. And you don't want to miss it. It's uh, just incredible what Carnage does live. The picture of the show uh, on the show poster is half his face and half his face but a robot, which I think is pretty applicable to the experience. Constantly questioning yourself is this human? Is this robot? Is this music? And the answer across the board, of course, as we all know, is yes. I, I don't know if he's a robot. I, I don't think so. Could be, though. But the answer is yes, across the board. Tickets and information to that show and Carnage's music and socials and website are all in the episode description. You know the drill. Go down there, follow all the links, support all of the artists, all right, let's get into it. 
Carnage the Executioner is like the statement, you know, I'm uh, I'm into all music. But like, if you actually mean it, it's the personification of that sentiment. It's a very, uh, I'm going to use this word later, but, but he's a very curious thinker. And I appreciate that immensely. I got to level with you. Like, the, most of the editing I had to do this episode was silencing my own act of listening. And that's something I, I, I work on. I really do. Way back square one, my buddy Adam Kudashat said, Justin, you active listen. If you're going to do a podcast, you, you got to either stop it or edit it out. And this time I had to edit it out. This time I had to edit it out. Because talking to, to Terrell is freaking refreshing. Such a refreshing conversation. So many points during this chat. I felt like I was getting an education on something I thought I had already learned. The it being being a professional musician. The business. The self-preservation and perseverance that goes into that. And I know a lot of people listening to this podcast can relate to that. So it'll be a good, uh, good chat for you. But see... I might have already learned it, but he learned it different. He learned it different, and that's that's the shake right there. Doesn't that seem like a rare statement these days? He learned it different. Doesn't that make you think, gee, everyone I know has the same perspective? Makes me think that. And I'm going to have to think more on that in the days and weeks to follow. Anyways. Not only did he learn it different, he stared down that ever-tempting jadedness we all have to deal with when we go through it and realize that this shit is hard. And he came away not jaded, but curious. Isn't that weird? And I mean weird how I use it in this show, which is to say, isn't that great? As Carnage points out, weird can be a stigma, but it's a stigma that we don't tell ourselves. It's a stigma that other people tell us. All of that negative self-talk. Am I successful? Do people like this? Am I too weird? Yeah, we don't tell ourselves those things. Other people tell us. They told our teachers. They told their teachers. And you know what? We embody it. But don't listen to them. Listen to this. I can sum up what I learned from Terrell, or is it Carnage, in these words. Work of art. You'll get that later. I guess what I'm saying is that I edited out a ridiculous amount of mm-hmms and yeahs and what have yous because I just couldn't stop. What am I supposed to do? I couldn't disagree. There's nothing to disagree with. The man speaks truth about our industry. So enjoy my chat with Terrell Woods, Carnage, The Executioner, Part 1. Nothing longevity of an iron race, higher rate energy, so you won't listen with tired face. You might feel like you jumped in a bungee wire breaks. Not exactly everyone's favorite, I'm an acquired taste. Had enough loose pages to fill 50 pads. Two work less to keep job and not be a shifty dad. Didn't get me mad when Ant from Atmosphere straight up called my first solo release pretty bad. Still they said I was the best rapper he gonna know. Five years later saw me live, made his dome explode. Three years after that he had to drag me on the road. Almost every night I left with a stolen show Opened up with the RZA, he took the lame route Locked me out of the green room, never knew I'd bang out Probably got high on the sofa, six months later Met the man, was saying my name wow Getting high on that same couch 
really lets you know. <laughs> it really lets you know. Um, so, uh, so I, I guess right off the bat, this is always the uh, ground to cover when you have when you're talking to somebody with a stage name as fabulous, artist name as fabulous as your own. <laughs> you know, um, do I dress you as Carnage or Terrell? You can call me Terrell. That's okay. fine. <laughs> I'm not on stage. Yeah, right. <laughs> when I'm on stage. So- then it's when I'm not on stage. You got it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, you yeah. know, but there's going to be some story about that whole thing, too. So, yeah, there's, oh, there's plenty to talk about here. Great, great. You know, yeah, sometimes you never know. Well, welcome, Terrell. I'm very, very happy to meet you. I'm very happy to have you on this podcast and excited uh, to find out what ground we are going to cover. Um, but uh, so we're going to we're going to just dive into this right, right away. I'm ready. Um, so we're gonna start out how we always start out. How do you experiment with your work? Um, some of my um, more um, continuous ex- uh, experiments come with live shows because I never do the same show twice um, because I make all my own music on the spot. So whatever shows I do, um, whatever songs I choose to do in whatever shows I do, um, they're always done differently. And um, I don't use pre-recorded tracks, so it makes it so that each experience, um, no matter how many times I do the same songs, is a different experience. So that's, that's a big experimentation for me, is to, to do songs slightly differently every time I perform them. And I do quite a few shows, so I get to experiment all the time. You know, um, I get to try new things. I get to, you know, interact with the crowd. I get to see what is actually working with whatever crowd I'm in front of. You know, wh- what's working? I'm I'm watching what people are doing. I'm watching how people are looking. I'm watching how people are reacting. And I'm deciding what songs I want to do and how I want to perform them in the moment. So that, I mean, I don't think it gets too much more experimental than that. You know, yeah. just kind of being like, well, I got this song. Oh, I might not even do this one. I might do that one, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's um, like a, a live laboratory. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's super fun. And it's a collaboration between myself and the crowd mm-hmm. uh, because the energy I'm getting from them influences what songs I do most of the time. So um, no set list either. No set list. No set list. Uh, I didn't say that before. Yeah, I don't really yeah. do a set list. So um, there are songs that I I know I like to perform, but there's only like, there might be two songs in my set that I perform all the time, maybe. But other than that, I don't do the same ones all the time. And that makes it fun. Um, Some of my other experiments, uh, experimentation comes in with different artists I collaborate with. Um, I, I collaborate with people all the time. I'm always doing something with either somebody I know or somebody I've never met before or done hardly anything with. And, um, I would say I end up, if I had to weigh the numbers on, you know, collaborating with people I've done stuff with versus people I've never done things with, I probably do more stuff with people I don't perform with a lot than I actually do with people I perform with all the time. Um, so my cast is, is always evolving. 
it's an ever revolving and evolving cast of people who I, I collaborate with. And, um, and even if I collaborate with the same person a few times, it's never the same. Right, right. It's, it's never the same. So yeah. I, I don't get bored performing because it's always an experiment. You know, every show is a Petri dish, you know, and, and for me to like to play, play around with and examine and put the microscope on and be like, Swirl it around. you know, but I'm doing it real time. I'm, I don't really practice that much with people either. I don't practice that much with myself because I've been doing this for so long and I don't practice with people. So the examination of how things can even be fine-tuned and, and reworked or worked differently in the moment happens in the moment. Everything is just, it's, it's, it's an, it's a, I'm always improving. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in, in improvisation and in the moment and on the fly performance is the definition of experimentation to me, mm-hmm. you know, so I am a master experimenter. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. You know, so I actually, I, I got, I, I got, uh, ahead of myself a little bit because selfishly, I just, I just, you know, like I said, right before we started recording, I just have been looking forward to figuring out, <laughs> you know, hearing you talk about your work. Um, so let's, let's, let's actually, it's, it's a hard question or a hard uh, description, but can can you kind of talk about like what I mean? I guess you know what you do. I mean, your sp- spoken word, beatbox, you know, uh, you know, lyricist. I mean, you just you have all sorts of things that you're doing at once. So in your words, what are those elements that you're experimenting with? So, if people ask me, "Are am I hip hop artist?" and I say yes and more. Are you uh, a drummer? Yes. And more. Are you a DJ? Yes. And more. Are you a rapper? Yes. And more. You know, I do all of that stuff. I am. You, are you a hype man? Yes. And more. Yes. And, you know, are you a sound technician? Yes. And more. So I would say the simplest way to define what it is I do live mostly is what I had to start telling people I was in order to get booked more often. Um, going to places and, you know, it, in 2017, I realized that everybody likes hip hop until it's time to book it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> venues venues are always like, oh, hip hop and we love, you know, whatever. And I ran into some some pretty tough barriers when I started booking my own tours in 2017. Um, I started doing them in 2016 heavily, but when I started expanding out of the Midwest and going to places that I hadn't been to before, because I was leaving the Midwest, I found it was very difficult to book hip hop as, or get booked as a hip hop act in places I hadn't played that often. Um, so everybody's like, oh, you, you, you should go to Colorado. You should go to Denver. They, they book people from Minnesota all the time. And Denver was the hardest place to book. It was very difficult for me to get a show in Denver. So it made, so Denver was actually, shout out to Denver, because I actually love Denver. It's just that, you know, uh, I've had a hard time with, with promoters biting sometimes. But um, Denver made me realize that I needed to re- reposition the way I, I presented myself. And so what you stumble when, on? So I said, I'm not going to mention hip hop at all. 
But um, I had to do that big ex explanation now for me to get to the point of why I came up with what I came up with. I had to approach them as not a hip hop artist, but come up with a term for what I did that still encompassed what I did. So I didn't look like I was lying once I arrived. So I said, Magic. I, <laughs> right. So I said, I am an improvisational jazz human beatboxer and rhythmic storyteller. And that's when, when I put that out there, people start going, Oh, what's that? And my booking woes changed huh. drastically. And do you say, do you know why, what, do you know why, like, you know, the, the, it's, you know, everybody loves hip hop until it's time to book it, you know, is it has it, a negative stigma. There's, yeah, there's yeah. a whole lot of negativity that, that is attached to it. And a lot of it comes from, you know, some of it is, is, is art hip hop artist stereotypical behavior. You know, some of the things we do with our music as hip hop artists um, force us to be put into a box. And then when we're in this box, people don't want to book you because they don't want to take the top off the box. You know, they, they don't know what the hell they're going to get when they open that box or they've heard about what they could get when they open that box and they don't want to open it. So I had to, you know, go around kind of cleaning up. <laughs> yeah. I had to clean up the 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 hip hop priest, the, the, the view that hip hop has, has gotten, I cleaned it up. So thank me later, hip hop yeah. artists. <laughs> you know, I, I went out and, and said, you know what? Every hip hop performer doesn't have to encompass or encapsulate what the negativities are that are attached to hip hop. And I proved that show after show, show after show, uh, for years, for a few years. And, um, it made it so that now I don't have to clamor for booking. Now people look for me, right? Yeah, and yeah. I, yeah, I, I am, I am, I'm sought after in a nice way that um, makes me feel a lot more um, confident about what I bring to the table, as opposed to the way I felt when I was in like 2014 and maybe even early 2017. Um, but you know, even though I was upset with the way I was being treated as a hip hop artist, I didn't let it hinder me. I yeah. did my complaining and then I just figured out new ways to, to position myself. And that's why I'm, I'm still here right now. And people, if what I'm doing now, even though I've been doing it since th this way, I've been beatboxing my own sets uh, without pre-recorded tracks since 2009. 2009, 2010, um, steadily since 2010. And what I do is still new to people. And it's been 23, it's been 13 years. So when people see me, they're still like, I've never seen this before. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, because it, it, it's fresh, right? It, it stays fresh to people all the time. And I think part of it is because of the fact that I do it, I do it differently every time. The other thing is there's really nobody doing exactly what I do. There's people who, who encompass elements of what it is I'm doing. But to describe yourself as a rhythmic storyteller and, you know, improvisational jazz human beatboxer, if you can, if you're not me and you can say you do both of those, then 
then you and I need to either battle or we need to tour. <laughs> yeah. You know, we oh, need to tour together. Yeah, for sure. So that, yeah. that keeps it new to people, I think. Yeah, the yeah. fact that, yeah, that, that I'm the only one doing exactly that. And I, I'm, that's not me saying right now, as a person who's not on stage, that's not me saying what I'm doing is better than anybody else's. It's just different. It's, it's me. It's, it's, it's my, and it's not, I won't even say weird. Like people like to say, oh, it's just weird compared to, no, I'm not weird. This is what I do. And um, I'm proud of what I do. And I'm very confident in what I do. And I'm astute and well-trained in my execution of, of what it is I do. So people pay me to do that now. Yeah, and that 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 idea of weird. I mean, that's that's very much something that you know this podcast like embraces. Is you know, I mean, well, weird is good too. Thing. Weird is awesome, you know. But it, it's it's funny that it's such an outside perspective. You know, like if if somebody, I I like when somebody says that something I do is weird, but I also at the same time, am, I'm telling myself like, no, it's not. But I'm glad that you think so, right? <laughs> you know, but that, but but it's, it it can also be a stigma. Yes, it can. You know, with, with, if it's too weird, then it's too weird. Yeah, that's not accessible. You know, you know it's it, yeah, and we've we've we as artists have really allowed people to write our narrative for us mm -hmm. a lot. We take on a lot of. Can we swear on this podcast? Oh yeah, we take on a lot of bullshit that yeah. people who either don't know how to do what we do or don't want to support what we do and make excuses for why they don't support it. We take on a lot of that. Yeah. Um, here's an example. I don't want to play too many shows in my city because I'll, I'll over, or what is it? Uh, oversaturate. Mm. Who made that shit up? <laughs> yeah, right. We didn't make that up. <laughs> right. We didn't make that up. I want to we make money in play. my backyard. You know, we just want to play. Yes. We just want to play. Well, I can't do a show unless I'm doing cover songs. Who made that up? We didn't make that up. We followed it. So now cover bands make the most money and original artists doing original music don't get booked as often. We didn't make that shit up. We just play around in that, in that playground and I hate it. Um, why, why shouldn't we play as many shows in our city for the people who should be supporting us as possible? You know, um, and and uh, the radius clause, you know about those? It's bullshit. It's such bullshit to me where it's like, well, you can play my event or my festival, but you can't play anywhere within 500 miles of here within two months of playing here or something. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. really? So you're just just going to stop me from eating so I can play your one event. OK, so are you going to pay me all or the money? Missed. Yep. Are you going to pay me $7,000 for the fact that I could have made $7,000 between your show and four other shows this month, for example? Yeah. You're not going to. So why should I? Right. I mean, there, there's the, uh, um, you know, I mean, it, it, I've, I've always heard the, you know, don't, don't break down the hours. You know, you got a gig. Great. Don't, don't break down the hours, you know, for, for traveling, tear down, set up, practice, you know, and everything. But take the Why? gig. But take, take the, gig. the gig. But don't let them know that you put all of this. When when yeah. when you when you say how much you cost, somebody asks you. Somebody asks you how much do you cost, and you say this much, and they go, "Whoa!" Like I had people literally be like, "You're my favorite artist. I really love what you do. You're so good. 
Nobody does what you do. I want to book you. How much? And I go, insert amount. Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't think it was going to be that much. And I'm like, well, how, how, what the hell did you think it was going to be? Like you determined, you determined what you should have said was, this is what I have in my budget. Can you play? If you just say that, then I can say nope, or I can say yes. But people don't approach you like that. It's weird. They go, well, you know, I don't have much of a budget, but how much would you be willing to? And I'm like, what does that mean? You don't have much of a budget, but how much do I want to play your show that you have no budget to pay me for? Yeah. All right, $10 million. <laughs> if you have so no I'm budget, not gonna, it's endless. Because I'm not going to get the show. I might as yeah. well just say the amount because what I really should be getting paid for the breakdown, the travel, the amount of hours I've put into it, the amount of money I've spent on equipment, the the fights I've had with people about why I should get paid, what I should get paid, how many different groups I've been in, how many accidents I've almost killed myself in getting to the gig. I mean, name it, all of these different things. That doesn't matter. All that matters is that you want me to play, but you don't have a budget. We didn't make that shit up. We have to play around in it. And it it sucks. It's it's so frustrating to have to deal with that as as an artist. Um, and then when we start saying, "Hey, we're presenting this art for you. We just want you to support it." And why don't you support it? People get mad at us. They actually get mad. Like, you shouldn't be asking for money for your music anyway. If you really loved it, you would be doing it for free. Oh, then all of a sudden we're the devil because yep. we we found a mode of self expression that we actually like, and you want to continue to get it for free. You want to continue to get all of our music on Spotify for pennies, mm -hmm. and then we get paid less than the pennies that you get paid, that you pay for to get the music, and you get it free on YouTube. You get it free when people upload it onto their phones and put it on their social media. Yeah, there's you get it. ways to not pay for art. So when we ask for it, why do you get mad? It's like we don't get paid for hardly anything we do. We spend more money than we make on this thing we call music and this thing we call presenting art to people. And if people could do what we did, they wouldn't need us. So pay us. You, you don't tell Quentin Tarantino to direct the movie that he's going to put out for free. You don't tell Denzel Washington exposure. to go do a movie for exposure. <laughs> Interesting to see how doing your benefit for free is benefiting me. I, I, huh. Exposure. Exposure doesn't pay my, my, my heating bill in Minnesota in the winter. Nope. It doesn't pay it. No, it doesn't. No, because it's cold. Which, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. It, it's so all, all of this, you know, I think, you know, there's. Did I go off on a tangent? I'm sorry. Oh, I, are you kidding me? <laughs> You're it's yeah yeah. This is this is exactly the tangent that, okay. we, that we want. This is great. This is exactly it. I sorry, so, go ahead. You, you, no, you're you're good. I just you know maybe to peel it back. I have I have no questions written down. Just so you know. Good. Let's so, do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an experiment. Yes, exactly. You know, experiment and chatting. You know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so so all of this. I mean, you're absolutely right. I, and I've never. I've never framed it in my in my head as um you know that we didn't set these rules you know and I and I, I yeah I come from 
And again, just another thing to kind of relate, like I, I often at this point, I'm kind of at the beginning of this stage of my career and everything. But at this point, I, I feel like I need to say, when people ask like, well, what I'm, I'm a singer, you know, so what do you sing? And I go, well, I get paid the most for opera is how I have to kind of phrase it. You know, you're an opera That's, singer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. where do you so, live? Where are you at? Where are you located? Oh, Minneapolis and Prospect. Park. Oh, you are in Minneapolis. Yeah. Okay, we got to collaborate. Yeah. All right, oh, for sure, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's like I get I get paid most for for opera. That's where I get most of my contracts. But like I'm in a metal band. I, you know, I do this. You know, I write more songs than I remember. You know, like mm-hmm. it's there's like all these different all these different aspects. Then finally you'll coalescing and everything. So it's like this this idea that like you know for 15 years or maybe like 10 years professionally, you know, I, my entire career was based on not my definition of a career. You know, mm. I was just, you know, just trudging through what, you know, the aspirations and the rules and everything that were kind of set forth and everything until I kind of got sick of it, got bored with it, and then realized, you know, well, I am a, a, you know, I'm a music business, <laughs> you know, nothing in there that says opera exclusively and I still love it. So I still do it, you know, but, mm-hmm. um, That's but not so all you do, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. I'm just, yeah, it's, it's, it's boring to be specialized in one thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, not boring to experience it if other people can do it, you know, mm-hmm. if they can do one thing, but so all of this, you know, where it all trickled down from the top, what becomes really important is the audience, you know, yes. and that I want to, I want to go back to that, um, that aspect of it. Cause that, that's another thing I, 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 I very, very much resonate with, um, yeah, this is this kind of performance, I don't know, theory or practice or whatever that, that, you know, it's it's really about performance is about the exchange, the energy exchange between performer and audience, you know? And if I go in there expecting X, Y, Z, it's going to, I'm going to, you know, fail the, the the performance, you know, Mm -hmm. and every that's, that's, and that's the only thing. And, and, but if I'm aware of it and I can, and we can have a back and forth, then it really doesn't matter about the quality of maybe my voice on that day. Mm if the connection is there, it's successful, you know, to me. Right. Um, you, you know, oh my God, you, you were, you're tapping, you're tapping, <laughs> you're tapping what exactly what I went through to get to where I got to in 2018. Mm. Um, did you listen to my ravenous album? Yeah. 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 Okay. So uh, there's what you just said is basically the, the whole premise of my song results versus numbers. And what, when we used to complain about people not being at the show, we had to start, or me, I had to start saying to myself, am I going to complain about who didn't show up or am I going to give the people who showed up a great show? 
quite obvious my records are not chart climbing So as a result the numbers I got aren't lying Wrote the rhymes to provoke the shines and open eyes To know most of time folks decline to be at my shows in line Family said, get a real job Yes it is disappointing Friends only come on on the guest list it gets annoying Fans, friends and family I treasure your view But am I last to get action if there's something better to do? Racism, political, animal, meme rooted jokes Get more response and more likes than any scene music host I've established a niche and I can craft a subject But lack of public attention just because I don't have a budget? Nah Begging for famous atrocious Changing the focus, tourists fighting live game rigor mortis, lame for the dopest, involves heavy grind. But four, four hundred, four thousand arouse them. Now they're in awe. The results every time. And it got to the point where I had to say, it doesn't matter how many people are here. All that matters is how well did the people who came to the show feel about or feel about their experience? How good did they feel about the experience? How how well did I connect with those people? So the result doesn't depend on the numbers. The result is based on what the people got from the show and what I got from it. And what I get from it is a sense of, of accomplishment because I connected with the people who were there. I get a merch sales sales because I have good merch. And I get to give people an experience they're probably never going to see again until the next time I come back. And what they get from it is an experience they're never going to see again until I come back. Um, a show that they that is going to stick with them in a way that allows them to see music in a different light. When I do what I do, people are like, I didn't even know that was possible. I didn't know that could be done. And I'm like, I never thought of it that way. I just right. kind of did it because out of necessity, I had to do that. I had to do that and separate myself from everything that was happening already. And I got bored. I got bored just putting on a track and performing to that. I was like, nah, there's more to it than that. There's, there's, there's something else to it. And people get that when they see me perform. They get that I love doing what I love to do. And they love that I love it. And People, people will support you if they know you like what you do. If you're into what you do, then what reason do they have to, to not like it along with you unless they're just yeah. jerks, yeah. you know? So, there it is. Yeah. right. right. Yeah. And, you know, I we have some too. of those out there too. So, uh, so it, it, it ended up being j j exactly what you said. You know, it's, it's not really about the amount of whatever. It's about the result of what was presented what what you got out of what you actually had at that at that particular time yeah. 10 people is 10 people yep you know 10 it people is. is 10 more than you had before you came yeah it's so you true. know I, so i always i always use the uh you know as long as the audience you know is bigger than the band you know which <laughs> works you know that's <laughs> i it. like that yeah oh my god i like that i'm gonna use yeah. that yeah which, I, i'm the band Right, I'm the exactly. band, so if I said as long as the artist, the, the the audience is bigger than the band, who's the band? Me. Right. Is I have more people than me. Yeah. Now, so at no. least two people. At least two people is just fine. Yeah. See, that's all you need. You know. I mean, yeah. Same for me. It's like you know, it's like I'm doing a recital or something. It's me and a pianist. You know. So I'm like, that's yeah. pretty guy. I know my mom's gonna tune in if it's live stream. That's one. Uh, you know. Ah. <laughs> but uh, you know, so it's it's pretty pretty simple. But but it's but it's true. I think it is, it is true that just, you know, yeah, it, it doesn't, eh. but it's also a struggle to say, it doesn't matter how many people, 
you know, because you, from the business side of it too. But you, you, know? you gotta learn, you gotta learn to say it because that's where we're at now. Yeah. We're in the, we're in the, the, the times of 20 people saying they're going to come and two show up. We're in the times of, of two saying they're going to show up and then neither one of them come, neither, neither one of those two comes. We're in those times now. So what, what, what else are you going to do if you want to, if you want to keep playing, you're going to have to ad, ad, adopt that line of reasoning and that mode of thinking. And um, this is to any artist out there who's wondering if you should get in this. Yes, you should get in this, but you just got to get into it with realistic expectations and not hopefully don't go through that bitter stage that I, I went through stage and um, I got out of it. And um, the bitter stage helped me create a different type of music, but it didn't stop me. And a lot of the people I know got bitter and stopped. And I was like, man, that's that's kind of the worst thing you can do. You know, it's kind of like you, you see something and if it makes you upset enough, you figure out a way around it. You figure out a way to improve it. And sometimes, you know, like with people who aren't in touch with their feelings and don't know how to control their emotions, they let the better be the end all be all for them. And I wasn't going to do that. I let bitter make me so uncomfortable that I had to figure something else out. And what I figured out worked. Yeah. Damn. I, I, I'm gonna have to get I'm gonna have to get some snippets. You got me saying some shit that I've never said before. <laughs> I've never said it. some of this stuff. It's yeah. like never come out this way. Yeah. You know? Um, wow, this is a whole this is a project. You know? Yeah, right. um, I mean it's but but it, it's so like there's there's um you know, it's easy to get frozen, you know, when you think like, oh, what am I supposed to do next? Mm. You know. It's it's really it's really easy to get frozen that way, but you know, like I said, I mean, I, I you know, if you feel that bitterness, and you and you, it's because you know you know that you're disagreeing with things, you know, like be it mm -hmm. professionally, artistically, you know, it's like you know what, like all these all these people, all these things over here, like I just don't agree with it, and why why you know why are things like this for them but like and and not and, and i'm feeling like this like i just it's an outcast kind of feeling you know but mm -hmm. then it gives you so much information because then you know exactly what you don't want and that's just as positive as knowing what you do want you know like what mm -hmm. i'm not going to do this so that means all these windows are open you know all this is open for me so it it does it, it allows you to say it allows you to write your own narrative about what you will and what you won't tolerate. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what I had to, you know, I had to say, I had to be comfortable with turning shows down and telling people, no, Yeah. I had to also be comfortable with telling people, nah, that's, let's up it. All right. You don't, you can't up it. All right, cool. I'll, I'll go and do something else. Good luck with whatever you have going outside of this, yes. away from this and not feel bad about it, knowing your worth, and knowing what it is you're willing to do something for and not willing to do to do so, to get something out of it is the most empowering position an artist can possibly be in. I had a friend of mine just the other day, uh, just yesterday, my boy, a shout out to Mike Michael from The Orange Goodness. He said to me, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put you out there, bro, because what you said was great. He said he's turned down seven shows and it feels great. 
And I was like, you damn right it should, because you're the artist taking your power back. Like, this is how much I need to get paid and I'm sticking to it. And I was like, exactly. And then he said to me, thanks for leading by example. And I go, well, you're welcome, but you already had it. Like, you have it. You should have been doing that a long time ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, sure. you're so good. You're so, he's so good at what he does that, that he had to eventually get there or he was going to wear himself thin. You know, he was going to grind him, himself into not wanting to do it anymore. And I don't think he would have done that, but I'm just saying he, other artists in similar positions wouldn't have done the same thing. And, yeah. and I, I really compliment him for realizing he needed to do that and actually empowering himself to do it. Cause that's another thing we can realize and talk about what we should do and could do and want to do all day long. But if we don't actually put it into action, then it's just talk. And he put it into action and it's working for him. And I mean, he's damn good. So he should. Mike, you're damn good. This is what you should be doing. That's you know, orange so good. There you orange go. That, that's who you should interview. That's who you should. Yes. Mike, Michael, and the group is the orange goodness that you need orange to get goodness. at him. Holler at him. Sweet, sweet. Yep. The orange goodness. You'll find him. Got it. Got written yep. down. Um, yeah. Get, get him. Yo, yo, you, you, uh, you mentioned that you know that you're saying things that you haven't articulated before, but but you also s- seem so comfortable articulating these ideas. You know, are do do you mm-hmm. is there like I don't know like a part of of what you do that is you know I don't know do you, do you do like presentations? I, well, I think I kind of know the answers. I think I've seen some clips and stuff. Do you like present you know outside of just performance education? You know that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I teach I teach uh, mu- uh, music related classes. Um, this is dope. You asked. Me. I just did something at an Osseo uh, area, uh, Osseo Alternative Learning Center um, a couple months ago. They asked me to come out and talk to the high school students about uh, the music business, mm. how to how to navigate through the music industry, and. I had talked about this in tidbits and little pieces here and there, but um, not as a concentrated four-day residency uh, session, and and the pay was really good to do it. Um, but it was kind of cool because it was like, you know, uh, this person. Um, um, trying to remember. Uh, 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 I'm gonna give me a second. I have to. I have oh, to sure, find sure. her name because I want to. Sure. Holly, 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 Holly from ALC and Osseo. Um, shout out to her. Shout out to you if you're watching this. You're you're su- super cool. She saw me come to her school some years ago um, through a guy I'd gone to high school with, and um, him and I followed each other on on Facebook. And then he was like, "Yo, I remember you from high school, and you were always rapping in the halls, and I see you're still doing it." 
I work at ALC in Osseo. Will you come out there and do like a little presentation of performance, blah, blah, blah. So I went out there and I did it. And um, I thought that was it. I haven't talked to him probably, you know, very much since then. I got to sh- find a Mike, Mike Sheehan. I hope this finds you or I can find you because you're a good dude. Um, he, he got me to the school. And then a few months ago, Holly hit me up and was like, hi, are you still doing performances and presentations and things like that? Because I saw you back in 2013 uh, when you came to the school and I really liked what you did for the kids. And I took pictures of all of your equipment and I bought all that equipment for the school. Oh, that's So cool. I, I have my pedal board. Yeah. yeah. So I have my pedal board. And um, I think what well, she basically went and took the main things, the head processor, the vocal processor, and a couple other things, and bought those things for the school, and then wanted me to come and not only show the kids how to work those things, but to talk to them about the music industry in general. And I was like, this is genius. Yeah, let's, let's do it. So she was like, I'm going to write a grant. And see if I can get this amount of money to do the grant. Oh, yeah. So she went out and then she came back and she was like, they need to know if if they're going to give us the money, what is the curriculum, basically? And we just spitballed for like 15 minutes while I was driving to another event, um, all the different possibilities we could cover. And she was like, "Okay, I got enough. I'll get back to you. The next week she came back and was like, they bid it. We got the full amount of money come in for four days and let's do this. And what she did was she took a little bit of everything I said and used those as the goals to be achieved for the kids and then put together, basically put together a curriculum for me to present to the kids based on what I told her I had experience in. So that that was an example of a time where all this hard work I've been doing paid off in a way that, I have to do the work, but I had to do less work because I already took from what I had done and she built the curriculum. I didn't have to come and write a curriculum too because mm-hmm. then the then the amount would have been more. I would have needed more money because I wrote a curriculum to come and do it at your school. But she came up with the curriculum, presented it to me, and I was like, oh, I can work with that because I already know. I already yeah. know what it is you want me to talk about because I already told you. And it was it was it was great. It was great. Well, and so, yes. Yeah, I mean, you talk about, yeah, you know, or well, you know, but, you know, when, when you think about uh, legacy as artists, you know, it usually, you know, points at, you know, product, right? And everything. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. this, this album, this piece, you know, he made this and everything like that. But the education, the ability to not just inspire, you know, the next musician because of what you've written and how you perform, but because of your perspective and your thoughts and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, how you've, how you've built it to inspire them to, you know, Mm -hmm. make it a career, you know, like, I mean, that's, that's That's a whole different piece. That's a whole different piece. It's a whole different piece. And I think that is, that helps kind of perpetuate like that idea that it's, not just about the numbers in the audience then you know if the goal is to have you're going to reach the people yeah yeah you're going to reach the people if the goal is to have a career and not just to have fame right 
right? Yeah, fame. People will say, "Oh, are you famous?" Kids be like, "Are you famous?" People are like, "Oh, you you're underrated. You should have way more numbers than you have. Why haven't you blown up yet?" I'm like, "Look, dude, I'll be doing this until I, I'll probably die on stage. I'll probably grow grow of old age and die on stage. I'll I'll be able to do this forever, and I'm I'm with it." So no, it's not about blowing up because people who blow up, that 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 dust and that fire eventually settles. And it's over for you yeah. once you you can't blow up twice. You can't you can't yeah. really blow up two or three times. Uh, like lightning doesn't strike in the same place that often. Mm-hmm. You know, not not everybody's going to be eminent for a lot of reasons. <laughs> you know, not everybody's going to blow up every almost every time they put out a record and get the get get all the numbers and all the accolades he gets now, for example, based on what he's been able to do consistently for the last 20 years. It's not that everybody's not going to get that lucky. So knowing that, you know, Eminem can, can stop now because <laughs> he'll always get, you know, he could stop now, but he doesn't have to because every time he puts out something, he has a people who will help that blow up to a, to an extent. We don't all have that. So what are what are what are we going to do to leave our legacy behind? Because our records aren't going to do that for us. Our records aren't going to allow us to do that as independent artists. We have spent a lot of money than we're going to make if we want to blow up. Trying to be bigger than we are in order to get as big as we hope, but never get the chance to even be there. Right. I th- I said that right. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? We're going to spend all this money to blow up. Yeah, we're going to spend all this money that we have to blow up only after it's spent. So what is the use? You have to find a different way of leaving your legacy behind. And mine is the next 25 people who could possibly be stars coming up to get information from me so that they don't make my mistakes. Right. Or, you know, they, they or they do better with the opportunities that are given to them. Yeah. Yeah. I was able to do because now they have more access. They have access to way more now than than we had when we were coming up. You know, and they're figuring out different ways to work this. So yeah, what am I what am I able to leave behind that is not just an album? It's my years of expertise, it's the work I've put in, it's my triumphs, my failures, the 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 amalgamation of all of it together. Like, you know, just pour it in a in a pot and stir it, and you can make your own career. You can make your own, you know, you can write your own narrative on what success looks like to you and for you by just listening to what I did and didn't do or what I did that worked and what I did that didn't work. And I I can I can help you with that. That's legacy. Yeah, that is legacy. That is legacy. You know, it's it's. uh, I know I, I, I my one of my favorite teachers uh ever had pat pat kent she's uh she's here in town and everything she <clears throat> she uh she instilled in me i mean and this was like after school and everything like she you know it's like after grad school actually yeah it was uh i needed some help after grad school <laughs> and so pat <laughs> swooped in and she has this this uh perspective of or teaching style of good work and now do better you know 
mm-hmm. and she says it in one, you know, she like basically says it in one breath, you know, I don't know if the words good job, now do better literally left her mouth, but like, that's, <laughs> you know, that's how I interpret it always, you know, but, um, but equal parts. And I think that's, you know, how do you, okay, well, how do you do better? You teach, you know, like you, you, you find out for yourself, like, cause it's, it's not just teaching the correct things. It's also, it's also teaching your mistakes, right? It's also mm. going, well, this is where, this is where I learned, you know, that not to do this or to treat this, you know, treat something this way, you know, but you're teaching your mistakes as well and you're learning from them and then discarding them. I, I always feel whenever I, you know, teach based on some, on a mistake that I made or a hard time in my trajectory, it's kind of always a, a shedding of that then. It's like, okay, I did learn from it because I'm telling this person, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's something. And people are like, where else are they going to get this from without having to pay for it? Yeah. You know, pay bigger money for it. Why yeah. not, you know, why not just make friends with us and we'll tell them, yeah. you know, or, or hire us to come in and, and present it. That's what I like about uh, the Minnesota Music Coalition. You know about them? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, good. Or, yeah, good they do, like, yeah, they're, they're great. And, um, you know, different agencies like that um, who actually push the boundaries um, as far as, you know, how to get this information to up and coming people. Um, also, shout out to CD Baby. Um, yeah. I had the privilege of working with them uh, just last year where they had me come out and, and uh, basically I was the first keynote speaker for the a whole independent artist conference, excuse me, that they have out there every year. And, um, you know, they asked me to do it because they needed somebody to kind of do what you said you see me do so confidently. And I was like, I can do that in my sleep because I do that anyway. Like they, they listened to my records and were like, okay, the way you do that, can you, the way you talk about this in these songs, can you do that live? And I'm like, I already do it live like that while I'm building the beats. So I'm kind of talking about what the song is about as I'm making the music. And, um, and I was like, so I don't have to necessarily stop making the music to talk about what this is about, like a band might have to do, or like somebody who has pre-recorded tracks is doing. Yep. I actually build in the motivational speaking as I'm making the music. And that made me a perfect fit for the event. And I went out there and I knocked that shit out the park. And, and I know they were, they were like, man, you're the perfect person for this. Man, we, we would love to have you every year. And I'm like, but you know, somebody's going to complain about that. You can't keep having the same rapper guy come out there every year. Somebody's going to complain. But it's different each time. You know, like, it's like, but yes, but you know, people aren't going to, they're just going to see the name and be like, oh, him again. But the people who, if, if they said, yo, I'm bringing carnage back. Everybody who was there is going to be like, yo, I remember, have them again, (laughs) you know, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully they'll work with me again. But, you know, it it was a great experience to be able to go and do exactly what you're saying I'm doing now with them. And people are recognizing what we bring to the table enough to start putting money on it. Mm -hmm. And now we have a career in that. So let's let's take that. I I do want. You know, I want to ask maybe maybe more specifically about um, 
I guess, how do you, or what is, uh, do you find it motivates the content of your music? Um, because, um, you know, yeah, that's a big question again. <laughs> everything. E- everything. I am influenced by these conversations. Obviously, I just told you, you, you had me saying things I've never said before. Yeah. Um, conversations. Um, online content, different people's posts, um, failures, achievements, um, uh, everything, literally everything. I, I read, I read a lot of articles. I watch a lot of YouTube videos. Um, I connect with a lot of artists. I connect with a lot of people who work with different artists. Um, I connect with business people. Um, I teach, so I talk to teachers and administrators and principals and students. Students give me a lot too. Um, I had some really con- good conversations with some kid with a with a with a young lady. Shout out to Lily if you watch this. Lily was a student who was at the uh, school for environmental studies. Um, I I went so I, I go to like a nature school and, and yeah. speak. I've done that twice. Cool. You know, I did it last year and yesterday. And um, there was this young lady uh, there had some pretty dope art. Um, named Lily, and she was saying she really liked my style. She liked my music, and um, and she was like, "Well, I'm an artist. I'm I, I'm not really that good." And I'm like, "Don't talk to me and say you're not good. Like we're, we're not going there. You know what I'm saying?" So she didn't get offended by the time I by the way I stopped stopped her yeah. from saying that. But I was like, "Don't shoot yourself. Don't shoot your plane down before it gets off the ground." Right. Oh, then she showed me art and it was freaking incredible. Course, <laughs> so it was like, course. what do you mean you're not that good? I mean, it was, it was, it was beautiful. And then she started saying, you know, I'm just kind of, you know, weird. And I was like, weird. So then we started talking about weird. And I was like, you're calling yourself weird because people call you weird. You don't have to own that. You are you. And as I was saying that, she was saying, no, I'm just me. She was saying that she, when I said, you don't have to say it's weird because other people said it she's finishing the sentence with me as I'm saying it because she that quick, she, she connected with what I said and that I learned something from that. I learned to not let people simply classify you as weird just because they don't understand or they don't do what you do or they don't, uh, they can't comprehend how to do it. So they just put it in a box and call it weird and weird can be a stigma. Yeah. And I said, so do you want to be considered weird or do you want to show people your stuff and have them say, I've never seen anything like this. This is great. If you say it's weird before, then you might not get the part. They might be like, well, I don't want to see if it's weird. You know, cause I don't like weird. I like standard, but right. somebody who likes weird stuff, who's into standard stuff might not even know they like weird unless you show them. Then they, well, they see it and they go, Oh my right? God. Yeah. Right. They go, they yeah. see it and they go, oh my God, I didn't even know I would like this. And then they love it. Yeah. That's why you don't say, A, you're not that good. B, it's just weird. Yeah. Like literally, don't use those terms. You, I've you, never it, I've never met an artist that says, Oh, but I'm not that good, that isn't really good. <laughs> Every single time I've heard somebody go, I'm not that good. And, like, and then you like, you hear them or see them and you're like, like they're just they're just destroying it. Yeah. You know, they're just how are you yeah. How are how are you how are you playing yourself like who that? Told you know? that? Who told you that? Who told you that? We didn't tell ourselves yeah. that. 
Yeah. We didn't tell her. I didn't tell myself that I wasn't good or that I was weird. I just said, yo, I want to play. I want to do this. And I taught myself how to do it. And you either have it or you don't. You either like it or you don't. Mm-hmm. And and that's where we're going. So, and this, I mean, and just as I mean, this, this is a glorious rabbit holes because like this is from the the prompt of like what influences, you know, your what 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 you make music about and everything Everything. and and everything and which and i just wanted to you know say that that it's um that makes perfect sense because i just get this sense of not universal communal uh you know something there's something communal about the music the music of yours that that i've heard Mm -hmm. you know um that seems just more, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, you know, I, I hesitate with universal because I, I don't think, you know, there's nothing that's universal, you know, like, I mean, communal I, is a good word. Communal is, yeah, seems more apt, I guess, but, but yeah, there's just something that, um, and sometimes it's the content and other, t- I don't know, there's also just a, a, an impact of how you present things, what I've heard, um, that feels like you're not necessarily talking about, you, you know, not your solely your, you know, perspective and experience as like an individual and individually looking, you know, that there's, there seems to be just a lot of input, um, into what I'm hearing. And, and so it's great to, you know, have that, you know, have you answer this way and kind of validate, you know, that it's like, oh yeah, this is, um, you know, this this is the intention, you know, and, and again right. with the audience and everything, like everything you talked about with with your interaction with the audience, I mean, it just makes perfect sense. And um, yeah, I don't know, I just kind of, I guess, I wanted to wanted to say that that's that's something I find very interesting about your work. I appreciate um, it, and you know that that's good for a couple different reasons. One is I had an ex girlfriend who said that I I talk about myself too much in my music, and I'm like, shut up. Not not to okay. disrespect, you know, it's like, you know, you ask Frida, the, the, remember the artist Frida, mm-hmm. why does she paint herself all the time? And she said, because I'm the subject I know the best. Right. Like, to, what am I going to distill? You have to distill everything through something, right? And Right, exactly. So t- she knows herself better than she knows anything else. So she paints herself. And I feel like for me, I talk about me because I know me the best but I relate me to the wider experience of other people. I say, this is, this is what's happening to me and with me. It's probably happening to you, but I can't tell you that it's happening to you that way without telling you how it's happening with me. So maybe you look at me and you go, I feel exactly the way you feel and I've never been able to put it into words. Thank you for helping me put it into words. So for me, I say I am I am simply the conduit for you to find your own voice. When I teach beatboxing classes, I say to people, don't come into the beatbox class thinking and hoping you're going to sound like me and, and then get discouraged because you don't sound like me. All I'm trying to do is present how I use my voice to you so that you can find your unique voice by listening to me. That's That's how I learned how to rap the way I do because I listened to Chuck D and said, that's how Chuck D does what he does. 
if I can learn a little bit about his presentation, I can find how I should present myself. And some of the ways are similar, some of the ways are not. But at least I know where to start. And I know where to put things into perspective from listening to him and listening to a lot of the other artists who influenced me. So I couldn't do that without saying, this is what happened to me. Has it happened to you this way? And if it did, this is how I got out of it. How are you going to get out of it? Maybe you're going to do it exactly the same way I did. And if you do, then you'll probably be a success too, because I am. <laughs> you know, so, right. so, good, so if you want. Good path want, has been paved. Right. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to take my point of view, go ahead. And, and, you know, you don't even have to thank me. <laughs> thank, th- thank me by actually presenting something that adds to somebody else's achievement. You know, you give somebody something so that they can get what I got out of this too. I, I got what I got from, from other people. I can thank, I can thank 10 people who helped me get where I, I'm able to, where I'm able to be at with no hesitation. So hopefully you will use what I've gotten from those people who I think, and then go and do something for somebody else. So then they can include you and their 10 people. Yeah. And that's, that's how you get, that's the communal part of it. It's yeah. And that is totally. the communal part. And and it takes, it's such a complex thing though, because it's, um, I mean, just that, just the term, I think, you know, it's, there's a way there's a way for that to to then imply like i think parentheses and i think that you think so too mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. versus yep. i think so it's correct no you know uh, and that's it's, yeah mm-hmm. yeah and no i think this was correct for me but there were some stumbling blocks and some failures in there too so mm-hmm. and there's an didn't... aura there's an experience there's a there's there's so many i think things that See right there. There's so many things that go into the, again, the kind of more communal um, interpretation of I think of mm-hmm. of the I. The we know about the royal we. What about the royal I? You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and it, what it what it causes them when when an artist can do this is you listen to the words and then I you know the mental image of I becomes yourself. Yes. You know. Yep. When you repeat that lyric in your head, it's Justin, you know, you know, and, and everything. It really so, is. Yeah. It really is. We we are giving back to people when we mm-hmm. express our experiences. Why do you think when 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 people review records, they say this is their most personal record to date? Right. It's not personal because they talked to everything about everybody else. It's personal because they said, This is my story and I'm gonna present it to you and see what you get out of it. Which has such a strong connection to you know, I live my I live my life in like romantic era poetry, you know, as an artist a lot, and that I mean, yeah, romantic era poetry is all I I I I I I I right, you know, and it's just and it's people just trying to figure out mortality in life as you know scientific you know advancement has been made and everything and all these I mean so many things you know. Uh, were happening in that time period, but, um, but there's never, I, I never hear anybody going, you know, Oh, I don't, whatever Goethe, you know, like wrote about himself all the time, you know, or whatever, or, or whoever, you know, it's like, no, he wrote about people, <laughs> you know, about the human experience. 
Um, and I'm a people. You know, I'm a people I'm a, too. Exactly, exactly. I'm a person. Right? So I don't know. I mean, it's that's perspective too, but but it's just, I mean, why does why do we have to wait 150 years to acknowledge that, you know, a poem, you know, is uh, is for all of us, you know? Wow. Just so, wow. Yeah.